too. What did schooling look like for you as a lawyer? How many years did you have to go to school for? What would, What is your favorite part of being a lawyer? Join me in my class as we t- talk with Preston from Vancouver about these questions and more on today's episode of Grade 7 Talk to Experts, where Blake talks to a law expert. Welcome to Grade 7 Talks to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I am your host for this episode, Blake, and I am a student at College Park School in Lloydminster, Alberta. Before we get to our expert for this episode, I just want to share a little about, about who we are and what we will be doing in our podcasts. We are a class of 25 Grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting, where we are focusing on experimental learning using STEAM approach. That's STEAM, which stands for science, technology, and engineering, art, and math. We, we want to answer that age-old question of why do I have to learn this by directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside the school. For our podcast, students will be contacting an expert that they know in their lives This person could be an expert in their professional profession job or what would traditionally be considered a hobby or an interest. So without further delay, I am pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert on law. Preston, hello and welcome. Good morning. Thank you for the invitation. Let's get to getting to know you. Please tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, So uh, I guess Right now, yeah, I'm a lawyer in Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, over on the West Coast. Um, today, it's quite gray, uh, which is a bit uh, um, normal for this time of year. But, um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a beautiful city to practice in. I practice downtown Vancouver. I grew up, though, um, in McLaughlin, Alberta, so south of Lloydminster there, and actually was... Uh, yeah, I grew up on a farm very close to to Blake's parents. I went to school with both of them and uh, went to school for K to 12 in Paradise Valley. And then I actually moved into Lloydminster for a few years and lived there while I was doing my commerce degree for my undergrad at Lakeland College and Athabasca University. And I moved here to Vancouver to attend law school back in uh, summer 2007, uh, so almost 14 years ago. And then I sort of fell in love with the 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 view of the ocean and and stayed here so it's been almost 14 years i've been out here oh can you please tell us um what your job is what are some things that you have to do in your job sure so um i am a labor employment and human rights lawyer primarily right now so i do 
uh, basically everything connected with somebody's job. So if somebody's working and they've got an issue at work, um, you know, they come to me to talk about it. And I, I kind of call myself um, like there. So there's different types of lawyers in, in terms of what we do generally, like there's solicitors who generally draft documents, negotiate contracts, um, corporate deals, things like that. And then there's litigators or barristers who are in court um, and in front of a judge or in front of a tribunal member or different administrative bodies. Um, so some lawyers just are litigators, some are just solicitors. Um, I call myself a solicitor because I do a bit of both all the time. So I've got courtroom work and tribunal work as well as a lot of cons consultative work with clients, um, drafting policies, documents, things like that. So, um, so yeah, if somebody gets let go from their job, like unfortunately a lot of folks did in the last year, um, you know, they can call me and we can have a conversation about whether their employer handled that properly or not. Um, if they're if they think that something's going wrong at work because of something under the human rights code, like that they're being discriminated against because they're black, for instance, or for some other reason like that. That's something that we can talk about, too, and see what remedy. Uh, how many people were in your family growing up? Uh, I had a small family, one sister, my mom and my dad, um, my, like, as far as my immediate family goes, um, but all my extended family on both sides, both my mom's side and my dad's side, uh, lived within a very close radius of Lloydminster. So um, I, I joke all the time about the fact that uh, when I moved to Vancouver, uh, I became one of only two family members in all of my extended family that left about a five hour driving radius of Lloydminster where everybody else was concentrated. So my one tech, my one cousin moved to Texas with her husband and I call her the black sheep and I moved to Vancouver and, and call myself the pink sheep. So we're the pink sheep and the black sheep that left the, the herd um, back in Alberta and Saskatchewan. I'm going to have Ryan come up here and ask you a question. Sure. Hello. Hi. When you were younger, did you think you would be a lawyer? Um, not when I was really, well, I guess, when did I start to think about being a lawyer? It was probably be about grade 10 um, after that. So before that, I, I had other uh, thoughts, um, but uh, it was really, I, yeah, I definitely would say that I didn't think about being a lawyer before about grade 10 or so. What are some benefits in being a lawyer? Some benefits. Um, you know, I think it's, it is a job that a lot of people admire. I think like uh, we, we, you know, a lot of people look up to, to lawyers as a, a sort of a, a figure at the same time, a lot of people make a lot of jokes about lawyers too. So, um, so the people either love or hate them. And we always joke about that. Um, a lot of people don't like every lawyer except their own. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think I think one of the benefits, honestly, is the although the schooling is is long and tough, um, it really does uh, gear you really well to think critically about things. Um, I think in this day and age, where you know it's it's actually really difficult to discern in the media and in things like what's real and what's not, what is quote fake news versus you know real and stuff. I think that one of the benefits of of a legal training in particular is it really helps you. Um, develop the mindset to scrutinize those things and really critically think about the things that you see in your life. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, what is your family like now? 
Um, so my my mom and dad um, retired from farming, uh, and they now live in Sherwood Park, actually, on a new acreage there. Um, and my sister is married, and uh, she's a nurse in Edmonton, a NICU nurse working with uh, premature babies. Um, her husband is in um, auto sales and um, uh, ATV sales and things. So uh, they also live in Sherwood Park. Um, and uh, I am single in the big city. So. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's that's the immediate family. Uh, what is a typical typical day like for you? Typical day like for me would be. Um, you know, I, I spend more time than I'd like to admit on my phone, um, which I think is maybe a, not so different from some of you, although I am on my email a lot. Um, so I wake up in the morning and I'd say one of the first things I do is 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 check a look at my, my email and see what's there. And I get new legal updates sent to me every day, as well as, uh, you know, obviously emails from clients and, and coworkers and things. So I'll usually check all that. Um, a lot of my work now, particularly due to the pandemic, uh, has become very virtual. So I spend a lot of time on the phone or on Zoom meetings and Google Meet and Microsoft Teams and things with clients um, and and the court even. So uh, so yeah, I when I get into the office, it can be a wide range of things. From uh, like today, for instance, I've got um, I was just in a hearing and we adjourned to another date. And so I've got to go back and finish. So I'm going to be typing up a bit of what I'm going to be saying to the judge when we go back into court at the end of May. Um, so that's on my desk today. Um, I have another client that I have to draft a fairly significant contract for. So I'm working on that today as well. Um, I have a trial that I need to do in a significant commercial case uh, coming up here in a little bit. So I'm mapping out the trial plan, which is going to be what witnesses are we calling, what evidence are they going to introduce, um, how to do that um, and things. So we're going to map all that out. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it's it's a wide range of things I can be doing in any given day. Uh, when did you know you were for sure go going to be a lawyer? Um, it really, I think, set in for me after about grade uh, in about grade 10. And so what happened for me was because I was going to school in Paradise Valley, our school, of course, got quite small by the time that I was graduating. And um, so, you know, my my high school had, I think, less than less than 60 uh, people in it. Uh, that was grades 10, 11, 12. And so as a result, they started cycling classes um, in in our in grade 10 and 11 and 12, uh, which meant that all of the grade 10 students had a spare at the end of the day. Um, and the school was like, well, we can't have all of these grade 10s having a spare for the last class. And so they enrolled us all into a law class. And so the whole class was suddenly taking law um, and a bunch of people didn't like that and thought, well, you know what, if you're going to make me take a course, allow me to choose a, like something that I can do by distance ed and things, something that's more relevant. So some students split off and did like an agriculture class and other things. Um, but I stuck with the law class and really just really liked it. I thought it was really interesting. It was something that was a bit different. Um, you know, I sort of found that I 
you know, uh, my childhood and upbringing was very, very black and white, right and wrong and things. And I thought that, um, you know, when I got into law and was looking at the coursework and everything that it really introduced a lot of shades of gray that I thought actually was, was very interesting and out loud for a lot of creativity and a better, um, a better, um, how do I say it? Um, a better spectrum of humanity and the way that people operate. And I just thought it was really interesting. And so um, that's sort of what sparked the the journey after that for through the rest of high school. I wanted to make sure I got as good of grades as I could to get into whatever post-secondary institution I wanted to. And then my goal throughout uh, my undergraduate degree was to get as best of grades I could to get into the law school I wanted, so. Oh, what inspired you to be a lawyer? Um, I think that really the a couple things, one of which was I thought, you know, it's always going to be a career that's interesting and that's going to be challenging. I'm never going to be bored. And that is absolutely the case. There are many days that I, I think that I chose a career that was too challenging and wish that I had something a little bit easier to do some days. <laughs> um, but I definitely accomplished the challenging part and the interesting part. It's amazing what I get to hear all the time, what people say to me. Um, I, I constantly have to take a step back and, and go, wow, I thought I had heard it all. Um, I didn't, I haven't heard of this one. Um, so, you know, that was one thing. Um, another thing was that I, you know, I really wanted to help people at its core. And I would say that the vast majority of people that I went to law school with, that was what they were looking for. They wanted to be able to help people and do things that help society, do do things that helps uh, individuals. And, and that's actually what keeps me most inspired in my work all the time, is I love being able to pick up the phone and have a meeting with somebody and things. And, and you know, not every client meeting is perfect. Not every client is happy. Um, but I do really like it when we can get to the end of it and I can help somebody get to a better stage of their life, um, help them get through a rough patch. Uh, and, you know, that's that's important to me, particularly where I do employment law a lot. So a lot of people are coming to me when they've lost their jobs. It's a really, really difficult time for them and their family and things. So for me to be able to help them get through that um, is, you know, it's a it's quite humbling to be a part of somebody's life at that point. Um, what kind of law do you mainly practice? So mainly employment, um, and uh, again, so specifically dealing with people's work, and that's um, employment law uh, differs from labor law, which I also do in that labor law is where you've got a union involved. Um, so there's a, a unionized part of the workforce. Uh, employment law is is more uh, generally with respect to like generally referred to as um, you know the law not in the unionized environment. Labor would be where there is a union. Um, so I do mostly employment, um, some labor, uh, and that of course has a broad spectrum of things within it, including um, workers' privacy rights, um, employers' obligations for privacy stuff, occupational health and safety things, which of course in like Lloydminster, an area with the oil field and, and agriculture is very big, um, uh, you know, workers' compensation. So, you know, workers that are uh, injured at work, um, that can be a range of everything from, uh, you know, mental injuries to physical injuries to unfortunately fatalities that we have to sometimes deal with. So, um, yeah, there can be a broad range of things in employment itself. Um, I deal a lot of times somebody says, 
look, I've got a new job. It's in a new area I've not done anything about. I got a contract. Can you review it for me and let me know if this is okay? Um, all that stuff is part of employment law that I deal with. What inspired you to choose that path? Uh, so actually when I went to law school, I really wasn't anticipating practicing what I do now. Um, I had some interest in it from my commerce degree in the way businesses operate in, in human resources and human resource management and things. Um, but I kind of actually went into law school with more of a criminal law focus. Um, and and I, I dabbled a lot in law school. I did uh, a lot of practical work. I acted on behalf of a lot of low income people during law school. Um, and that gave me the opportunity to get my feet wet and do a bunch of different things. Um, and, uh, you know, I was a bit nervous at first um, when I got into law school because I thought, oh, man, you know, I don't. I don't know if I've got it down right. I don't know if I know exactly what I want to practice. And some people do. And that was intimidating for me because I thought, well, if I, you know, I worked so hard to get here and now I'm not sure exactly what I want to do, what do I do? And I was given some advice, which worked out well, quite well in my case, which was um, one, of, one of the people at my law school, and I can't remember if it was a, uh, an elder student or a professor or a career advisor, but somebody had said to me, you know, don't worry too much at this stage about what, what area you're going to practice, because generally speaking, you meet somebody that you like and you do what they do. Um, and that's kind of how it happened for me. I ended up working at one of the biggest firms in Vancouver at the time. It was the fourth largest firm in the city. There was 100 lawyers, um, about 10, um, 100 lawyers in the office, about 10 students and about 150 staff members, lawyer, um, that'd be paralegals, legal assistants, human resource people, that kind of thing. Um, so a firm of about 260 bodies, um, it was big size and they really did everything. And I got to do a wide range of stuff, which was, which was really cool. Um, but I started there in the summer of 2009, which was, um, you know, you, you know, many of you wouldn't remember, but it was really the, um, before this pandemic, it was the last major recession. Um, and so at that time, labor employment issues were extremely busy because um, the economy got really bad. Um, employers were downsizing and laying off people and a lot of people were losing their jobs and things. So there's a lot of work that needed to be done in labor and employment. Um, and so I was working at a really big firm downtown that had a lot of really big clients that needed a lot of work in labor and employment. And so I started doing a lot of that work and I loved the team at that firm. I really cared for all of their labor employment lawyers. I got really close with a bunch of them and then decided to do what they do. So that's how it worked for me. Um, what kind of schooling did you take? Uh, so uh, before law school, you can do any, um, any degree. Uh, so it doesn't matter what ma what bachelor degree you have, um, you and you, you generally speaking need a full bachelor degree. Some people are able to get in, um, uh, you know, with a little bit less than a complete degree and and you know sky high entrance exam scores and things. But you so you have to do the the LSAT, which is the exam you have to write to get your grade to apply for law schools. Um, so I had to do that. Um, and then you you do your undergraduate degree, which I did in commerce. Um, and then, so that's you know typically four years for your undergrad. Uh, and then law school is three years if you do it full time, uh, which I did. And then after that, you have to join a, a law firm and or um, 
you know, any other organization where you can practice law. Um, not all law, uh, some, sorry, there are some organizations other than a law firm specifically, like um, some corporations now um, and uh, non-governmental organizations that do large scale charity work and things. Um, those different bodies um, all have or may have articling experiences. And so articling is the year that you have to put in after you finish law school. And it's your sort of rookie year, if you will, where you're the trainee um, at, the law, at the law firm or at the organization um, at the bottom of the rung doing all the, all the stuff to learn. Um, so, and then you write the bar exams which here involves uh, not just two exams, uh, a solicitor's exam and a barrister's exam, but also you have to do a mock trial with witnesses and cross-examine them and stuff. You have to do a mock uh, court applications um, and a few other projects and things, all of which are graded. Um, so all together, really, um, after you finish high school to get through you know, a, generally a four-year undergrad, three years of law school and a year of articling, it's eight years until you're practicing as a lawyer. Uh, how many years were you in school? Um, so I, I liked to think when I graduated that I was a, a really a professional student um, because I had done, you know, K to 12 and then uh, so all 13 years there and then four years of an undergrad and then three years of law school. And then uh, so, so, you know, with all of those together, you've got 20 years of school right there and then your bar exams on top of that. So uh, really for your purposes, you're thinking more after, after high school. So seven years after high school. That's a long time. <laughs> what was your favorite part of school? I think my favorite part of school, to be honest, was like having full control over my calendar. Um, I was a ma I was not a good morning person. Um, I, I really came, my brain, just wouldn't gear up in the morning. So I didn't like morning classes um, and I much preferred evening classes in university. Uh, so I, I was a master of organizing my schedule and my classes so that I wouldn't have to do uh, classes in the morning if at all possible. Sometimes I wouldn't start school until noon. Um, I would work later in the day um, and, uh, and, and I'd even try to organize my exams so that they would finish earlier so I could go to Mexico or Greece or something and things. and. And one year I was I was on the beach in Greece while my friends, excuse me, were writing exams in law school. And I thought that was that was a perfect planning on my part. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think my favorite part of school was having full control over my calendar. You know, you know, when your exams are, you know, when your your classes are and things. Um, and uh, and I was able to really, really pick and choose where I wanted to be, whereas, you know, once I got out of uh, school and into work. A, I had to be at work a lot earlier in the morning. Um, B, uh, it was, uh, you know, suddenly a very different experience with everybody else having control of my calendar. Um, you know, having to reply to demands for colleagues and for clients and stuff sometimes, um, sometimes all over the like place. And that's one of the things about my job that's that can be challenging sometimes it for sure is juggling the expectations of clients who have uh, emergencies they need something right away and so i've had like i had to call a client at 10 o'clock last night um and i've had to call clients at eight in the morning on sunday and things because something urgent came up that they needed a crisis dealt with and so sometimes those things come up and and uh and we got to deal with them um 
so anyways, I, I've lost as much control over my calendar as I had in university and I missed that. Um, what else did you want to be? When I was younger, I wanted to be a farmer first because I grew up on a farm. Um, and then I thought, you know, it'd be cool to be an artist. Uh, now I have a great admiration for art, though I don't make any of my own. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to be a police officer at one point because I thought it would be a cool way to help people um, until I watched too much of an old TV show called Rescue 911 and saw a police officer get shot. And then I decided I didn't want to do that. Um, I, those were, I think, three of the biggest. Um, figure skating coach, I used to figure skate. I used to coach it for a number of years, but I thought it was really a part-time thing or a volunteer thing. And uh, But there's a part of me that thought that it would be cool to do that full-time. Um, I never ended up doing that. Uh, but yeah, I think those were, were most of the things. Um, what else did I consider? Um, I think those are pretty much it. Um, what did you want your job? What do you want your job to look like 10 years from now? You know, I think 10 years from now, my job is going to be far more virtual. Um, and, and that's really, I think a great benefit that's come out of this pandemic. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I think we're going to be doing a lot more things like this um, in court in particular, um, which is very new in the last year, but is going to, I think, really expand. Um, the other thing is we're starting to get a lot of artificial intelligence that's coming into legal practice. I think that's going to really expand. And in 10 years from now, I think we'll be practicing law very differently. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing, to be honest, because the legal profession has been very slow to adapt to change. Um, you know, there there's a common refrain that you could take a lawyer from the 1800s and with probably only an hour or so of coaching, he would be like totally comfortable um, standing in today's courtrooms and practicing. So that's starting to change with with the virtual stuff that we're doing. We're starting to get more client focused and, and centered. And I think it's I think it's great. It's just that the profession has been adverse to change as well as the um, you know, governments haven't put a lot of money into the system that we've needed to spawn that change. Our courts have been very, very outdated. Um, and so as a result, we've really struggled to. Are there different stages of being a lawyer? Are there different stages? Um, there, yeah. Uh, so I guess, of course, you're, you know, we refer to your articling year as being a baby lawyer. You're not technically a lawyer, but um, uh, but that's when you're sort of the rookie trainee for that year. Um, and then, you know, it was said to me when I started that it'll take you at least three to five years um, of practice before you feel like you have a, an idea of what you're doing. Um, because, uh, you know, a lot of people think, you know, that the, you know, that if you're a lawyer, you just know the law, but to be honest, the law, it's huge. There's so many different areas you can go into. Um, and, and there's so much like, I don't know almost anything about family law. I don't know almost anything about state So it takes um, a fair bit of time to master it, to figure it all out. 
Um, you know, I've now been practicing for nine and a half years as a lawyer, um, and I've definitely seen myself go through different stages where the first couple of years, you know, you you really didn't have any control over your work. It was just all fed to you by people above you. Um, it was you know, a bit of a struggle to to figure it all out and understand, um, you know, what you were doing and meet the constant challenges. And then, you know, at about the three, four year mark, I got a real confidence boost where I started to be like, okay, no, I got more of this. I get it. I've got, um, you know, I've seen some of these things before. I know the cases that apply to this. Um, and then it ended about the six year mark, it was another big confidence boost. Um, and now, you know, I'd say uh, I certainly have um, the most fun practicing that I have had in my career to date. Um, it's, you know, it's been a long haul at this point, but, you know, between when I started articling in the fall of 2010 until now, it's been, you know, over 10 years. So I now have a much stronger grasp of things and I know the players, I know a lot of stuff and, and that actually just makes it more fun. Uh, what do you do in your spare time? Um, I'm a big movie buff. I really like, um, uh, you know, pretty much any movie. Uh, I like documentaries. I love everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, DC, uh, you know, I've got um, a lot of movies. I own a lot uh, and, and things, and, and that's kind of always been my big thing. I miss movie theaters. I look forward to when we can go again. Um, but, yeah, so movies is a big thing. Uh, in Vancouver, it's a very social city. Um, people eat out a lot and stuff, and so I, I like, I really spend a lot of time with my friends when not in a pandemic. Um, and, uh, and you know, we're going out to restaurants. We're you know doing different events. Um, there's a lot of plays and things here. A lot of different um, musicals and and different pieces like art, um, you know, performances. So I try to take in as many of those as I can, Shakespeare, different things, because I really enjoy live theater. And then just trying to stay active, um, you know, going for hikes in the summer, because our mountains are so close by, um, as well as, um, you know, skiing right now in the winter, I'm going skiing next week. Um, and things. so you get, uh, you know, fair bit of options here to, to stay active. And uh, finally, reading, I was always a I was a big bookworm uh, as a as a kid. Uh, I read ravenously right from the moment I learned how in grade one, right through until grade twelve. Um, and I, I, you know, that's part of why I was drawn to law because I thought, oh, you get to read all the time. I love to read. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would say, you know, th that's a broad cross section of things I I like to do. But um, I'm I'm pretty much up for just about anything. What is your favorite part of being a lawyer? Uh, I do think my favorite part still is is being able to help people. Um, you know, uh, the, again, I mentioned earlier that you know a lot of people are coming to me at a time when they're in crisis um, because they've lost their job or whatnot, or they think that they're being discriminated against at their work. Um, and so it can be really challenging for people, and it's really quite an honor for me to be able to work with them at that time to say, you know, I, I'm sorry to hear that you're going through this time. Um, let's work out your options. Let's see how best we can get you to a new phase of your life. Um, and I think that's the best thing I've, you know, and I've dealt with some people 
that are absolutely amazing. Um, and, and, you know, just I've, I've met some some really cool people with some really cool um, walks of life from some really cool walks of life. Um, and, and, you know, I'm learning from people all the time. It's one of the cool things about my job is that I learn about people. It's a bit of psychology. Um, you're, you're constantly in people's heads. And I'm privy to, um, you know, a lot of people's secrets. In many cases, they're like sort of deep, dark secrets, the stuff that they only tell their priest <laughs> kind of thing, um, or, or maybe don't even. So, um, you know, it's a privileged spot to... to hold in somebody's life to be there at a time when they really need help as well as to to be the person that gets to keep all this information on on somebody's life that's very intimate to them um what is the most i mean do you go before a judge what is it like i do um I go before several judges depending on which court I need to appear in and, and what we're doing. Uh, over my career, I've appeared in front of many. Um, and so it depends if we're on a trial, for instance, I could be in front of a judge uh, in, a, in a full trial, cross-examining witnesses, um, examining witnesses on, on the stand like you see in, in movies. Um, you know, making arguments, um, all those things in the trial uh, we do. And I, I did a um, eight-day trial in September and October last year. Um, and so there, you know, that. Um, I also heard from other uh, judges, like sort of judge-like people um, that would be called like tribunal members, like at the Human Rights Tribunal where I've done cases before, um, as well as... Um, uh, you know, in arbitrations, uh, you know, where you're in front of an arbitrator, all those people are, are like judges. Um, and so I appeared in front of a bunch of them. And it's actually very cool um, to be up there. You know, you're having a conversation really with the judge. And for me, the rest of the courtroom sort of fades behind you and you lose it. Um, so I just have to focus on on um, you know the judge and you're you're having a conversation with them when they're asking you a question otherwise when you have a witness on the stand you're having a conversation with the witness um, and unless uh, your your friend which is how we refer to the opposing lawyer um, unless my friend objects to something or the judge asks the question I'm very focused on the witness um, but yeah just of their own personalities uh, and they can range some of them are very calm and patient and others are much more blunt and a bit um, aggressive with counsel in terms of like moving things along or get to your point and, and that kind of stuff so um, you you get to learn the different judges and you learn how how to proceed in front of different ones because, uh, you might adjust your strategy depending on who you're in front of what is the most challenging case you have ever had or the one that took the longest? Um, good question. Um, so the longest case I've had um, was a three-week trial. That was, that was a challenging case just because it was uh, uh, trial days are very long. Um, you know, you're usually up at about six in the morning 
um, and you're you're running down to the office and you're getting everything ready and getting into the courtroom. Um, we're back in court in front of the judge from about 10 in the morning until 4 p.m. Uh, but then you'll be back in the office working hard on preparing for the next day until midnight kind of things. Um, so I, I, it's very intense time when you're in trial. Um, so any, any trial is challenging, but the longer the trial is, the more challenging it becomes. Um, but so, so that was one of the longest. In terms of specifically the most challenging, though, um, I, like I'd say there's, there's a couple things that could make a case challenging before I answer specifically which one. That being, um, you can either really have um, one uh, very challenging clients um, where they're, you, for instance, they're going through something very emotional. They may be very challenged. You know, I've had clients before that are struggling with mental illness, mental disabilities, really difficult depression, for instance. So those cases can be challenging because the client is not necessarily all well or is is challenged themselves. Um, the other where the facts are just really hard and the law is really hard. You know that like it's. You know, you really want to get to a good result, but it's just a hard uh, feat to do because it's really novel or the law is really challenging. Um, but I've, I've had a few cases, um, you know, one where I was representing a nurse um, in front of um, a professional disciplinary body. So she was at risk of losing her ability to practice as a nurse because of allegations that were made against her about her ability to practice. Um, that was a very steep learning curve for me. I had to figure out how to read all the medical charts. I don't know if you've ever seen your doctor write or nurse writes in a chart, but it's often very hard to read, and they use you know a different language, different shorthand, and things. So I had to figure all that out very quickly. There were thousands of pages of medical records that I had to absorb in less than three weeks. Um, and do an eight day hearing. I actually, I actually got very sick during that hearing um, because I was I was working so hard, so run down that I actually had to. We actually had to take a break in the hearing for a few so that I could and actually see a doctor and get some medicine um, before I could continue. So I think that was probably one of the most challenging cases ever. It was a it was a difficult case with a hard set of facts, um, and yeah, that that's definitely one of the challenges for sure. Um, what are the kind of laws are there? Um, we got quite a few. Uh, so law, big one. Um, uh, we've got intellectual property law, which we're going to deal with things like patents and trademarks and copyrights. Um, you know, we, we used to buy a movie and it would come up with a copy and not copy this and things that's uh, you know, into copyright law. Um, there's employment, labor, human rights, privacy, what I do. Uh, professional discipline and regulation, which I do as well, which is what represents professional different types of misconduct. Um, so there's a bunch of things. There's also um, 
uh, what else? Um, will states, for instance, um, there are securities law, like you know, mergers and acquisitions, and and uh, different things like that. Tax law, get out of tax when you're an adult, it's like impossible. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, there's a big, big range of it, and, and why it's often interesting for a lot of people to say, oh, you're, you're lawyer, you know the law. Well, there's a lot of law. I don't know. I know some of it. How has COVID-19 changed being a lawyer? It's changed being a lawyer for sure in terms of how we're practicing and meeting with clients. Um, we, we meet with less of them now. Um, I haven't met with really any clients since the pandemic began in person. It's almost all virtual um, so I think that that's one of the biggest things that's changed. Um, also in court, I mentioned, um, now I do a lot more appearing, a lot more appearing in court for tribunals virtually through Zoom or Microsoft Teams are the preferred platforms there. Um, so that's, that's the primary thing I would say has changed for, for me is it's that. Um, tell us about the town you grew up in. What was it like? So I grew up in McLaughlin, um, which I don't know if uh, some of you definitely know. Um, it's just southwest of Lloydminster. Uh, very small. I often say that it had a population of about 75 people and five dogs. Um, and uh, so, yes, a small, small community, uh, farming community largely. And we ended up, um, uh, yeah, like I, I went to a school in Paradise Valley, which was 15 minutes away. Lloydminster was 30 minutes away. Um, so small farming community um, there, you know, McLaughlin really didn't have anything when I was there other than a post office, um, which appeared when I was, um, when I was, I think, before I hit junior. Uh, I'm going to have Henry come up here and ask you a question. Hi. What is the best job you can have when you start to work? Good question, Henry. Um, you know, I think the, the absolute best job you can have is the one that you love um, and it was said to me many years ago that if you if you do a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think that that's uh, really good wisdom. It's very general wisdom. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, try to trying to come up with you know what it is that, that really interests you. Like if you got a conversational uh, you know, a topic that you think, oh wow. Uh, you know, if, it, if there's something that somebody comes up with that you just you can have a conversation with somebody about for an hour without the work, that's a really good, that's an area that could be really good for you. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I thought about for a while going into like video game design and things because I love video games and love talking about that stuff and things. Um, but, but yeah, I think. There's a lot of different very cool jobs that you can do out there. Um, I've got a lot of friends you know, that love a wide range of things. So, but I'd say that yeah, the best job you can have when you get out there is one that that you're the most passionate about. All right, thanks. Um,
Um, I'm going to have Grady um, up here and ask you a question. Uh, hi. What got you interested in being a lawyer? What was your first job? Uh, so my first job was working on my family farm uh, in McLaughlin. So I was with my, you know, I grew up there. We had a grain farm, uh, about 2,300 acres. So I, you know, I did all the work on the farm. Uh, my first job off the farm was uh, I, I coached figure skating. Um, and then my next job was I served at Tony Roma's in Lightminster, the restaurant. Um, that was my next job for, for quite some time. Uh, uh, but yeah, what got me interested in being a lawyer specifically was, was in grade 10. I took a law class and I just thought, you know, this is really interesting stuff. Um, I, I could really see myself doing this as a way to help people and it could be a really interesting career that I'm always going to be challenged, always going to learn new things. Um, and so that's kind of what got me down that road. Yeah, thanks. Um, in your in your opinion, what makes somebody an expert? I think to become an expert, you need to be a couple things. I think you need to have a strong command of your work. Uh, I think you need to be able to speak authoritatively about what it is that you do and, and really command the subject matter. Um, and I think people need to see you as knowledgeable in the area. I think that uh, you're not really uh, some, an expert so much until you're recognized as such. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that really expertise is something that you hone over time. Um, it, you know, I think the people that are most considered experts are the people that are really passionate about what they do. They, you know, they they don't just do it for work, but they they study it outside of work. They they really love it. Um, you know, many many teachers I know are are total experts at their craft in that they just they they pour their heart and soul into everything that they do with respect to teaching, and they understand teaching. They understand how people learn, um, and you know that's it's a labor of love. Um, and, and I think, you know, anytime somebody I think is an expert or put themselves out there as an expert, it's you know, where they've dedicated a lot of time to it. They've dedicated a lot of, of study to it um, and they have a strong power. Uh, do you consider yourself an expert? Uh, my legal disclaimer is that I'm technically not allowed to call myself an expert. Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, after practicing in my field for, for, you know, almost 10 years, um, uh, you know, I have a pretty expert level of knowledge with respect to areas that we practice. Um, I'm going to have Timur come up here and ask you a question, Mark. Uh, so my question is, what is the hardest thing you've done as a lawyer? Sure. Um, I think the hardest thing that I've done is uh, telling, having to represent a client that I really didn't trust myself. I think that's the hardest thing. Um, I've had a couple clients that I've had to represent, fortunately not often, but a couple where they were, they were accused of doing some pretty bad things. Um, and 
and, you know, and I had to represent them. And I did, you know, I really couldn't tell whether they were telling me the truth or not. Um, and that was challenging. It, there's a lot of personal and ethical um, challenges that happen when you're in a situation like that with a client that you don't think you can trust what they say to you. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'd say definitely hardest thing I've done is acting for, for clients you can't trust on occasion. Fortunately, again, that happens very rarely. Okay, thank you. Welcome. Um, at, at this time, I'm going to open the mic up for everyone to ask any questions that they might have. Okay, uh, well, I'm back. So my question is, is what is your favorite memory in law school and you had in law school? Oh, favorite memory in law school. Um, I think probably I had to do a, a mock trial, like a fake trial where there was actors on the stand as, as witnesses and things. Um, that was probably one of my favorite things. Um, the other, the other favorite moment of law school was um, I was uh, at the law school that I went to. The valedictorian is is voted on by the class, uh, and so I I was voted valedictorian and got to do a speech at our prom. Um, so the graduating night prom for law school, I got to do the big speech, uh, and it was my 25th birthday. So I, I turned 25 the same day as our prom and got to do that valedictorian speech, and that was a very cool moment, too. Okay, thank you. My name is Ryder, and my question is, how old do you have to be to have your first job? How old do you have to be to have your first job? Oh, you know what? That's that's actually uh, a legal question that I am not entirely clear on in Alberta. <laughs> um, that changes actually depending on the province, um, the, because there's a certain legal age at which you have to be to work. Um, and I, it's a yeah, it's a good question. It might be 14. I can't remember where it's at in Alberta. Um, uh but you know a lot of people had like growing up on a farm i was working from time i was younger than that i'm sure blake knows a thing or two about helping out on the farm like when he's really young so uh, as many of you might you might all be from farms too so um yeah i i think that uh it depends a little bit on on the type of you know if you grew up on a family farm or a family business versus if you're trying to get a job in town um but uh uh, yeah, so I, I, I unfortunately don't have off the top of my head exactly how old you need to be in Alberta to work. All right, thank you. Um, what does it mean to be a partner? Uh, okay, yeah, good question. Um, so uh, I'm a new partner in my law firm. I, st I became partner on January 1. Um, and so I actually bought in as an owner to the firm. So that uh, I, before I was an employee, I worked for the boss. Whereas now I actually actually bought a part of the a part of the law firm, and so I'm I'm an owner and and have a controlling interest now in the the firm. So yeah. Um, my other question is, what do you think are the weirdest stereotypes about lawyers? Weirdest stereotypes. Um. Uh. Good question. I think I I think one. 
it's not necessarily weird, but a big stereotype is that we're all rich, <laughs> um, which is really not the case. I've got a lot of a lot of friends that are, um, you know, that don't make much money at all as a lawyer. Um, it, you know, it varies a lot. The, the the types of lawyers that you see on TV and in movies and things that like make a kajillion dollars are like, you know, one percent at the very top of the profession. So, um, so yeah, I, I, do, I do very well for myself, um, but, uh, but I, I don't um, have my own helicopter. Uh, <laughs> uh, that might be a stereotype. Um, another, well, actually, you know, again, maybe not weird, but definitely a stereotype that's, that's totally not true um, is that uh, you know, lawyers lie a lot. Um, we're actually not permitted to lie to the court and we're not permitted to let clients lie to the court either. Um, so if I know that somebody I'm about to put in a witness stand is lying, I actually have to pull them off of it. Um, so I'm not allowed to permit them to lie to the court. Okay, thank you. Yeah, okay. Hi, my name is Maddox and my question is, how long have you been a lawyer? Uh, nine and a half years. I'll, it'll be, I'll have 10 years done in September. Thank you for answering my question. Hi, my name is Elizabeth and I have two questions. My first one is why do you call it practicing law? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think it's mostly just, um, uh, just because it's it's a profession that is so big um, that we're always learning and we're always growing and doing new things. So I think it, it's constantly a, a practice. Um, and and I, I think that's that's true of most professions where you know you're an engineer, you're an accountant and things you it, most of the time it's referred to as a practice because you're constantly constantly practicing your craft you're constantly making it better um you're constantly honing it and becoming more more of an expert in the process okay and my second question is why did you choose to be an employment lawyer specifically um I, it was largely because i i got to to meet um people i really liked that did employment law and they kind of made me passionate about it um i loved working with them and loved helping them with the cases uh i also just found it a really interesting field to be in like working everybody i know has a job um and everybody has either you know been hired at some point in their life by somebody or been you know fired and lost their job so it's I found it a very relatable area. It's something that everybody knows. Um, and so that was part of what drew me to it. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Um, hello, my Hi. question is, would you choose a different job if you had a choice? Um, you know, I don't know that I would, um, unless um, somebody was gonna let me be an actor or something, but. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, uh, you know, I do really like my job at where it's at right now. I have the most interesting work I've ever had in my career. Um, uh, yeah, it would be, it would be, I, I don't know what else I would do, to be honest, right now. I, I really quite like it. Okay, thank you. Um, my name is Ricky, and my question for you is, was being a lawyer something you thought you could handle? Um, 
Yes. Um, you know, I, I will say that maybe I overestimated that in some respects. Um, and so uh, in this, so one was that because I went directly from kindergarten through grade 12 and right through my undergraduate degree and right into law school, um, you know, I started law school at 22 years old, which is actually quite young now. Most people take a break at some point between high school or their undergrad and go to law school when they're older. So the average age of my law school class was 27 and I was 22, which meant that all my classmates or a lot of them had like five more years of life experience on me. Um, and that actually um, became a bit intimidating when I was in law school because because I actually had to study things that other people had already lived. Um, people had already experienced these things. They'd already bought um, this type of property or, or, you know, different things and stuff. And so they just knew more stuff just from having lived longer. Um, and I had to work harder because I was younger and just didn't know as much. Um, so, so I think that... Um, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, what was your question? Um, was being a lawyer something you thought you could handle? Right. Sorry. So, yes. So I, I knew that I was um, I knew that I could work hard. Um, I knew that I could apply myself and learn it. And I did have to work hard. Um, one of the things that I wasn't quite as prepared for, though, to be honest, was the the level of conflict um that comes up so um you know you, you go through law school and they they do a really good job of teaching you what the law is and how to how to think about problems and things um they don't do as good of a job teaching you about how to deal with the conflicts you're going to have with people like how do you actually go about fighting on a case and how do you deal with a client that's upset with you over um things so so the, and that can be really challenging especially when you've got a client that's that's going through a really difficult time um, or really traumatic circumstances um, where they're just upset generally they're you know they're kind of lashing out at anybody whether it's you or not um, but you you become very close with your clients and as a result um, you know sometimes you can end up being at risk of being the punching bag um, and so that that I think was one part that I wasn't as prepared for and needed to really work hard at afterwards Thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Hi, my name is Regan, and my question is, what days of the week do you work? Um, it would be easier to tell you what days I don't. <laughs> um, I, I'm kind of joking, but um, I do, you know, our office is open Monday through Friday, um, but I often have to do with some things on the weekends. Um, but that is, to a degree, part of my own problem. Uh, which I'm willing to own, um, in that I I like to do a lot of things during the week, including, you know, particularly when we're not in a pandemic. Um, you know, I, I try to meet up with colleagues for coffee or lunch to try to get some exercise in. Um, I like to, you know, volunteer and things. And sometimes that fills up my days longer and causes me to have to do some work on the weekends. Um, and I also just have, um, you know, I have several clients that I absolutely love. I'll do just about anything for. And so if I need to um, you know do something for them at a last minute rush on a weekend or something I'll step in and do that thanks for answering my question hi uh, my question is what are the pros and cons of law school okay good one um, I think 
the pros of law school are it's it's a really an excellent education and it's very good at being ported into a bunch of things even if you don't want to practice law um, when I went to law school, actually, um, a lot of people in my law school class didn't weren't there to go to become a lawyer. Um, they were actually there because they wanted to get a law degree and learn the way a lawyer thinks because they thought it would make them um, stronger in the business world. Um, in particular, a lot of women that I went to law school with, they're like a woman with a law degree is more powerful in the business world. So they would they were coming to law school to get that degree to then go on to become vice president of a company or something like that. Um, and and uh, yeah, so I think one of the pros of law school for sure is the 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 breadth of the education that you get um, is just really powerful and applicable to a lot of things and very respected. A lot of people will um, really res respect your education if you have a law degree behind you. Um, uh, a couple of the cons for law school, I would say, is one, um, it can be very expensive. Um, so depending on where you go, it's, it can be quite expensive. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's important that people do this before they decide to go to law school to, to really have a good appreciation for what the job market is really like. Um, because a lot of people, I think, which, you know, admittedly was like me, um, thought, you know, you go to law school and then you become a lawyer and you'd be rich. Um, and uh, that wasn't quite the case. <laughs> um, you know, you, you can make very good money as a lawyer, absolutely. But you can also, um, there's a lot of jobs in law that don't pay well at all and that are amazing jobs um you know i've got friends here in vancouver that graduated law school and started in jobs where they were making like thirty-five thousand dollars a year um and then i've got other friends that graduated or making a hundred thousand dollars a year so there's a huge range there and you know some of those people that started at a hundred thousand dollars might go on to later make $500,000 um, or they might decide that they hate that $100,000 job and quit it and go to a $70,000 job. So, it, you know, it really varies in terms of the dollars. And so I think um, that's my, my one big um, comment on the con there is, is law school can be very expensive. You want to make sure that you going into it, you, you have a good appreciation of what you might actually earn when you come out of it. Um, the other one I would say is, and this is just an interesting sort of psychology piece, because like what law school is about is rewiring your brain. It's about making you think differently. Um, and so it was said to me that law school is, is like this. In first year, they make you forget everything you thought you knew. In second year, you start to learn to think like they knew. And in third year, you can start to think on your own again. Um, so it's very much a like radical rewiring of your brain in a way that makes you very good at problem solving and spotting issues. So you can look at, a, at any given problem and be like, here's the problem, here's the problem, here's the problem, and then try to map out a solution. The downside to that is that um, law school traditionally has really focused on finding problems um, without balancing that for people and what that's resulted in is a lot of lawyers have uh, after after going through law school learning that and then starting practice, they actually lose the ability to look at positive things because all they see are problems in everything. 
um, they actually become like they, they get tunnel vision where they, they can only see the problems in things. And then that becomes not just the problems for their clients, but the problems with their spouse, with their kids, with their friends. Um, it actually becomes a permeating problem in their lives. Um, and so that's why a lot of lawyers actually suffer from depression and things. It's um, a hard challenge. So. So I think that's one of the cons for law school. I think that law schools are becoming aware of it and they're starting to to um, better combat that by giving people good resilience training. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, hi, how often do you represent your clients in court? Um, I'm not actually in court really often. Um, the areas of practice that I'm in, mostly we settle things. Um, we get things done. We come to a deal and we and we end it. Um, so I like I would say in between court tribunals and things, um, unless I'm in trial, um, you know maybe maybe. 20 days a year, something like that. Yeah, but if I'm in trial, then that can expand really quickly. So uh, like a couple of years ago, I had a seven day hearing at the Human Rights Tribunal here. Um, and I also had a seven day hearing at uh, a professional regulatory body, as well as was in court on a few applications and other things throughout the year. So so it, it can vary quite significantly. Um, there, but there are some lawyers that are in court every day. If you're a crown prosecutor doing criminal work, you're in court every morning um, and uh, and stuff. So it, it really varies. Family lawyers go to court more. Personal injury lawyers go to court more. Um, it, yeah. It's all thank, um, thank you for coming, Preston. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about being a lawyer. Thank you to my classmates for the questions and thank you listeners. Have a great day and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week when Zeta talks to a welding artist. We'd love to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.